wants a tart? Ooh, what kind of like tart, tart are you serving? Mm. You want a tart? Yeah, well, you know, I baked a whole tray here, and uh, Sir Amory... You, you did? Know, yeah, Sir Amory, I feel like he doesn't appreciate... Is he writing uh, himself into the canon? Guys, we've been doing this for too long. <laughs> this Sir is Amory the first time. Sir Amory does not sign. appreciate my cooking, you know, and I, 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 I got to the point where I just get bitter and I spit on them half Eric, the time. Eric, you and Hot Pie are two different people. You what? don't hear. You don't hot, hear the the, the the ghost of Heron Hall is not is not following you. There around. is no spoon. You are not in the kitchen. There is there no is kitchen. No... <laughs> well, I mean, kind of what you're saying is true because right now you're listening to a podcast about a book. So this realm that we've just created at the in very beginning of Game of Owns is not real. It's palpable. Yes. Mm, Nothing is great. real. Yes. Well, you know, guys, I just thought I'd bring you tarts. It is Friday after all. <laughs> it is. Sorry. Thank back you for on track. bringing us tarts. Brienne of Tarts. You're welcome. Mm. Thank you very much. They they have little uh, Brienne so, of Eric, Tarts. Did, did, did you just uh, say? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These tarts are special, guys. <laughs> I, I took a little extra care and effort to put the hanged man on them. Okay, but so did Arya come and steal one from you, Eric? Yes. Um, oh. Arya, well, she must have. We must I didn't just see go her with it, coming. Guys. After all, she is a mouse or a weasel or whatever it is she's calling herself these days. The ghost of Harrenhal. Who knows? Um but I looked down and there was one missing. Oh no, how so, are you feeling? Well, you know, I, 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 Sir Amory again <laughs> just does not appreciate it. He just gobbles the whole thing. He inhales, he hoovers it, you could say. Uh, the tarts down. So, Daredevil. I hope it I went mean, to a happier You know, stomach. guys, nothing Welcome says to Game Friday of Bones where everyone is like crazy. <laughs> Eric's fruit tarts. That's true. That's how I start a good Friday off. How do you listeners do it? It's a, it's a Friday afternoon slash evening or it could be on sunday that you've waited to listen until then that's how time travel works we champion the art of time travel on this podcast mm. we do and um traveling into books apparently great transitions as but well one yeah. thing that we hanging. cannot do is take off our face and put it put on yet. a different give it a couple of episodes and you'll be telling us about how you did that oh i did that <laughs> well i just put on hot pie's face for a little while um but in general, that's just something that is a little bit beyond us. And you know what? I want to take that long boat ride across the narrow sea and find out how exactly Jake and Hagar was able to do that. Obviously, wait a few books. Yes. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> well, she's got that. She's got that coin. That's his. That appears to be his promise that one day he will serial her Pharrell and show her <laughs> how that was done. I don't Ooh. know about that. Whoa, I don't know Eric. about that either, Eric. I think I wouldn't Whoa. count just my means train her. Stop soon. turning it into something dirty, gosh. Whoa. We weren't. Okay. I, I didn't. I thought you were talking about training. Mm. So face switching, tart baking, and hot soup throwing all occurred in this wonderful, beautiful Aria. Sounds like stuff that, that should be going today. on in one of Baelish's whorehouses. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, a quite, let's say, I don't want to say unique chapter. I want to say that it's very detail rich. Just like we were saying earlier in the week, you know, that the, everything's starting to flow a little bit better. And it's not even that more action is happening, although it is. It's just that a lot of th these things that have been set up the entire length of the book. And with having all these setups be so far apart from one another because the chapters aren't like in perfect order. It goes from perspective to perspective. To finally see something of this substance happen at Heron Hall is kind of a rush, kind of a thrill. Yes, indeed. Agreed. And it appears that by the end of it, Heron Hall peace has come to Harrenhal. I mean, peace yeah. in, in a way. In a way. You know, I mean, in a way. There's new bosses. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's necessarily peace. I think it's a case of Arya's replacing... Gendry said it really well, actually. Hey, hey, Gendry, guys. Um, he's, he said it really well when, when he said, you know, 
one boss isn't different from another one, you know, whoever they're making the swords for, it's still going to be the same. And I think for the people working there at the castle and especially considering who the new Lord is going to be, Arya might not have necessarily made things better for them. But, but, but he's a bannerman of Stark. What could possibly go wrong? That's a good question. It's a very good question. <laughs> that's, that's what um, I mean. I mean, at least, but at look least at for who Arya, it is, right? For Arya's things, sake, yeah. Things absolutely. are looking good because mm-hmm. one of the Stark's bannermen right up there yeah. with the flayed man, they also raise the uh, flag, the direwolf. And so by the end of this chapter, you're thinking, man, they have just freed themselves. They've been mm-hmm. emancipated. It's just so funny because any, anyone whose banner is, is a flayed man, I mean, is just a bad guy. Like, come <laughs> yeah, on. It doesn't bode well. It definitely doesn't bode right well. Yeah. But um, um, it's like all the bad people being a Slytherin, you know? But I think <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, actually, because this is one of the first huge changes from the book to the show is that obviously Arya is not now the cupbearer for Tywin Lannister <laughs> but no, for she is not. Bruce it's, it, it's it's weird that this happened in the book because he basically at the end of the chapter we find out well, Roose Bolton storms Heron Hall of course it's it's open to him the gates are open and he's, he 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 pulls Arya aside he said what's your name she's Weasel and of course uh she has to change that but uh you know, he says to her, you're the one who made the uh, the hot soup, right? That uh, you threw on those people and they died because they got they burned to death, essentially. She's like, yeah. She's like, why don't you pour my wine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why, don't, why don't you? I think that's a good idea. Why don't you be my cupbearer? Uh, so Roose Bolton, fearless mofo, uh, has just <laughs> taken this as we hot, know him soup, as. <laughs> hot soup wielding girl and turned her into his next wine bringer. So. And isn't that nice? Like he's a, he's a, we're rewarding her. This little, for all he knows, she's just a tiny little servant girl who just did this. For all we know that he knows. I wonder if he doesn't really know who she is. And it'll be revealed later that he's known all from, like, looking at her. Because she looks like a Tully. And the people up north know... No, she looks like a Stark. Oh, she does look like a Stark? Yeah, she looks yeah. like a Stark. She's the oh, only okay. one of the children besides... Well, either John way, being a Bannerman, you'd think that it would be a little bit more likely that he may be able to recognize her. Maybe he's been... And he's smart, too. Feasts. Yeah, but um, I mean, making her cupbearer, it's, I thought it was funny because she just, you know, saw to it that a bunch of people got boiling soup on their faces. But what are you going to do? She freed them. She freed all the people. Well, in it's, it's from one twisted individual to another, I feel like, in this situation. Because what yeah. Arya does isn't exactly of a sane mind to throw hot, scalding soup onto people, right? So, and, and we know Roose Bolton, he's not playing with a full deck. I mean, if he could, if he could produce the bastard of Bolton, okay, clearly yeah. something in his genes is not, uh, you know, very uh, kosher. Well, does it have to be his genes? Because his other kids seem fine. Why couldn't it be the woman he slept with? Fair point. I mean, may, you know, not but, to be like all against her, but, out, you know, who knows who she what is. What is his banner? It's a flayed yeah, let's man. Just, uh, it's a flayed yeah. man. Look, that's that's, the, that's, that's fine. the signal you that's need. That's where the argument ends, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to go back to what was said. Because it, when I first read this, I really thought Arya is safe now. I mean, she has somebody yeah. who is a Stark Bannerman who's just taken over Harren Hall, and now she has a legitimate chance to get back to her family. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but to not think that that would happen, and it's not because I know more because I've watched the show. I just I feel like. The fact that, you know, she's still being smart and not uncovering her name, but there was just so much foreboding with the the Bolton flag being raised as well. And I just felt like with Vargo Hote now being Lord Hote, he's been named a lord, 
and for helping and assisting the men of the North. Um, you know, he changed ways at, at the last second. And I just feel like it's, it's the kind of activity you would see a Lannister doing, you know, bringing these sort of twisted individuals into your company because you need them to win. Mm. It, it doesn't really fit the bill of something that Rob would do. But I think in the situation, he would pretty much do the same thing because he doesn't maybe know a lot about these people. But I just feel like Arya knows, and she knows that it's still probably not as safe as it could be. Yeah, I mean, because she doesn't go up and say, Arya is my name. She's still cautious about it. She still kind of has this, has it in her to be on the run um, and to not and to not be honest. But I definitely think that Rob, in fact, I thought Rob was coming. They were like, this wild man from the north is on his way. I was like, what's going to happen? Well, I'm I'm really glad that, that it happened this way. And I'm really glad that the Starks were able to take hold of Harrenhal and any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So it's definitely Even though it's not good... really the Starks because of what we know about Roos. But yeah. Right. And, and it's yeah. Bruce Bolton who shows up and you're like, well, that's not Rob Stark. That's odd. Um, but, you know, being a Bannerman, again, it, you get this illusion that it's somehow safe. But I'm just confused because, you know, at this point in the series, she's already been a cupbearer. Um, and she ends up, I guess, just escaping Winterfell. So now in the books, it's kind of really cool because now I'm like, okay, what's this going to be like for Arya cupbearing mm. for Roose Bolton? In fact, what sort of discussions is she, uh, regarding the Boltons? Is she going to be privy to? And you know, that's a really, really interesting change in the in the show as well. And I wonder where they're going with that too, because obviously the change, the main change that this means, the fact that they change Roos to Tywin is that through Arya's eyes in the books, we get a much more deeper insight into Roos that we don't get in the show. But in the Which show, they chose to give us that insight into Tywin that isn't in the books. Right. So come the Red Wedding, when Roos betrays the Starks, yeah. um, you know, perhaps, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more sense as to why. Maybe he's just as crazy as his bastard. But, mm. you know, I mean, I hope that there's a little bit more there in the story that, that just wasn't shown in the show, because Roos Bolton kind of came out of nowhere in the uh, in the show. Obviously, they showed him in little bits and phrases, but who picks up on that? There's a hundred characters to keep track. Right. Um, but in the books, they have a name, and, you know, she spent some time with him as a cupbearer, so... Really interested in seeing where that goes. The ruse here is that <laughs> you're led to believe that the Lannisters are in a lot of trouble. You know, the last two chapters, really, you know, w with all the battles that we've been hearing about, the successes that Rob and Edmuris have have had, I should say, and now here Harrenhal has been taken by the Stark Bannermen. So you feel pretty good about the Stark's position right now. Uh, but then if you look back at the previous chapter with Brand, you know that things aren't going very well at Winterfell. So uh, it's a constant back and forth, and you can never feel – that's – I think that's one of the, the great yet scary things about reading these books is you can never feel 100% comfortable with the successes of the characters that you invest in because they can change – at the turn of a page. That was my point um, earlier. I'm thinking, you know, all these wonderful things are happening. We've got now got Roose Bolton. We've now got the Stark banner, but still it's just so unsettling what's happening. Yeah. I give Roose a lot of credit though, in this chapter for the, just what he was able to pull off. Yeah. And the, the real kind of crafty nature of how he was able to take Heron Hall. I thought such a, a, a well thought out strategic plan. Well, hang on, hang on there, because was it was it not? I mean, was it his will for these men to free themselves? 
uh, from the dungeons and and overtake it because I, I wasn't under the impression that there was any strategy from Roos that had gone into play here. He just kind of was around in the area, right? I believe that there was because when they were getting broken out, they were like, oh, hey, are you Hotsman? Like, is this when we're doing it? The soup was a good idea. <laughs> so that's kind of what I drew from it. Well, yeah, I mean, the plan was that Fargo Hot was going to come back with all of these prisoners and put them in the dungeons. And then now you have have gotten a hundred men inside of Heron Hall that you can utilize if you come back and quote unquote attack. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what I took away from it. The, but the idea is they have to get out. And so they weren't counting on Arya to actually break them out, even though it was in Arya's best interest for the city to be lost. Right, but to what Zach said, clearly there was some sort of plan that was in place because yeah. Vargo Hote, I mean, he basically says, oh, Roose Bolton, he he ran away, you know, but really Roose Bolton didn't run away because he shows up in this chapter. So there was some sort of plan that was going on here to overtake Harren Hall, and it just worked out that way. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, Arya just kind of wanted it to be over with. And you know, the other thing is that, uh, Heron Hall really was not as defended. Um, you know, ever since Tywin left, there's a great, uh, you know, moment in this book, there's a great quote in this chapter where it says that there used to be a man on every door and there are over a thousand doors. Um, now that Tywin is gone, there's a hundred men guarding the city and neither one of them is quite sure where they should be guarding. Um, so Arya is able to sneak by in the beginning of this chapter uh, you know, she says she is the ghost of Heron Hall. She goes and visits Hot Pie. She goes and visits Gendry. Uh, kind of just shoots the shit. And we find out also <laughs> that she, she's been practicing swordplay up in trees and stuff and mm -hmm. leaves and making a mess all, all night long, essentially. Yeah. Ever since Tywin left, she has been training. She's so badass. God, I want to be her. For what? Training it's for like Katniss whatever. and Hunger Games sneaking out of the fence it, and going to the You know what? She is bit. a lot like Katniss in the Hunger Games. Her frame of mind. <laughs> I've thought this before. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a very, very strong female character yeah, in the but, show. And, it, and it's cool that she's so young because it gives us more to grow into. Like, I can just yeah, imagine like an adult ten. Aria just taking care of I business. Know. But you know what? You know what? Uh, but you were talking about her visiting first Hot Pie and then Gendry. And I just want to just for a brief moment just talk about the Gendry scene. <laughs> when he's just like looking Let's in. Let's talk he's about like, the hot just, and steamy Gendry scene. I know. Was and she was like looking at him. She was reasons. like, he's strong. And I was just thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's strong. <laughs> I know I was thinking of you when I was reading it and I was just seeing <laughs> in my were. mind George when he was when he was writing this and <laughs> Selena will mind, like this <laughs> <laughs> setting up yes. the chapter and making it just you know innocent mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. for her like yeah. to, to look at Gendry with his shirt off hammering yeah, yeah, yeah. and just as if the hammer is an extension of his arm you know yes and he's just going to work and he just blocks everything else out the stupid <sighs> mule stupid stupid head stupid you know he is Gendry. he is a little bit stupid because, but then he, it makes sense for him. Like, and I think as well with Gendry right now, like he just, in my opinion, I think he's really against the idea of being employed by Arya. Like he sort of maybe already sees like a little, he's so, he, he likes, her as, you know, not likes her, likes her, but he sees her as a friend and he sees her as his companion. And he doesn't seem like a person who's had a lot of family in the past. So this is just like, he sees her as a, as a family and he can't imagine that if he goes to work for them, he will just be like her, her inferior. And maybe he wants to be more. Maybe he does, but I mean, that's up to whoever you know wants to believe that or not. That's not. I think it's whether it's family or more. It's up to it's George. Just, 
<laughs> it is such a joke. But no, well, it's I not. Just Come on. The, uh, <laughs> I think of the my lady, my lady conversation they have, but isn't that I guess with the Brotherhood of Banners uh, later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Banners. that doesn't really happen in the sh- in the books. But oh I yeah, think- yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of that. You know, they're relating mm. with one another. Yeah. Um. Hey, I could be a smith for you. I can be a smith for them. But it's smithing. It's still the same sweat. So why would I, you know, move? And she calls him stubborn. Yeah. Why would I go and be your your servant, basically? Which makes sense from his perspective, I think. But it's still annoying. Because we're from Arya's perspective. <laughs> she does get really annoyed with Gendry at one point in this yeah. chapter. She's just like, oh, he can be so she would, frustrating. She, was like, she would hit him, but he wouldn't feel it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He'd be too strong to he feel He would be too him. strong. <laughs> oh, Gendry. Stupid, stupid, Gendry. stupid head. And, and, and also, she... Um, what is it? She tells him to to sew mule ears on, not sew, but yeah, to 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 to, to iron <laughs> sew them on mule ears <laughs> onto his helm, his next helm, um, because he's an ass. So I, I don't know. It, it was a cute sequence, but we find out that Gendry really doesn't put a whole lot in store by the queen and the fact that the queen sent those men to get him. Um, he's in denial over the whole situation. Uh, but it was, I think, it was important to bring that back up. Because it's been quite a bit since uh, they were, you know, in captivity and were rather with your end to the wall. And I think that it is important to remember that there there were men looking for uh, Gendry and the bastard. It's basically what's happening with uh, Catelyn, too, in the previous chapter. She's like, well, maybe Stannis wants Edric Storm to parade him around because he looks like Rob. Well, Gendry looks like Rob, too. Um, Robert, I should say. Uh Baratheon. And so there's still that element there where it's been established that Gendry is pretty much a, a bastard child of Robert Baratheon. So it's like he has this greatness, but right now he's just content just to hammer away and make breastplates for a living. So let's talk about Jack and Hygar. Let's, let's talk about it. Jack and Hygar. Or what do we call him now? Do we call him like Mr. Curls? I vote yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Curls. Mr. Curls. Mr. Curls. The artist formerly known as um, Jack and as Arya was out practicing with her uh, fashioned broom handle wooden sword that I've made about 17,000 of in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. So I respect that, Arya. It works very well. <laughs> in the dark shadows crept a wild jackin, and he was super effective because he was ready to collect his third and final piece of his debt. Indeed. It's interesting. It's almost like a telepathy. She like thinks about him, and then he shows up. Or but is I it? think at this point, he just wanted to be done with it. Um, you know, He's killed two men. It's, it's around that time. It just kind of coincides where she's thinking of her next target. She's like, she reminded herself that it has to count and he shows up. He just approaches her and is like, uh, a man would hear that third name now. Mm, it really, I'm sorry. It really annoys me the way that he speaks when I read it in the chapter. <laughs> I, I love it. Really I absolutely annoying. love it. I love everything about it. I'm glad you do because then we won't like get Yoda. as many angry emails. I know, but when you read it, it's, I don't know. I find it annoying when I hear it as well. Is this like speaking? Well, good because I I took some uh I took a selection out of the book that I was thinking about reading here on the show, and I think it has some of his dialogue inside of it. Oh no! Are you ready to hear it? I I know I will never be okay. Go for it. So this is what was happening essentially, and this happened in the show, but it's even better hearing it from the book. It says, "Speak the name, and death will come." On the morrow, at the turn of the moon, a year from this day, it will come. A man does not fly like a bird, but one foot moves and then another, and one day a man is there. And a king dies. So obviously she was like, so you could kill Joffrey if mm, I wanted you to. Why did she not say Joffrey? Right? He knelt beside her, so they were face to face. A girl whispers, if she fears to speak aloud, whisper it now. Is it Joffrey? Arya put her lips to his ear. 
it's Jack and Hagar. And she says in her mind, even in the burning barn with walls of flame towering all around him and in chains, he had not seemed so distraught as he did now. <laughs> a girl, she makes a jest. <laughs> I know. He's like, no, my friend. It's so, how badass of it though, of her. Like, come on. I know. The thing with this religious person and this mysterious man that is so serious about the things that he says, can you imagine just how much that did bother him? He's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I have to kill me now. Yeah. And then he's like, eh, hold on a second. Actually, um, let's renegotiate here for a minute. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. she clearly wants something. I mean, she gets what she wants. This is a great thing about Arya here. He's like, uh, unname me. And she's like, uh, no, mm-hmm. help me break those people out of the jail. Uh, right, but here's like, the thing, though, is does he actually fulfill what he promises to fulfill? Because we know that in some way they would have gotten out of the jail anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Because we we talked about this earlier in the episode. You know, Bruce Bolton basically buys the services of Vargo Hote and they're planning to take Harrenhal. So really Jack and Hagar doesn't fulfill maybe he knows in some way. I mean, he's got that whole weird vibe about him of aside from the fact that he can change his face at the drop of a dime, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it kind of would have happened anyway, even if without the assistance of Jacken. I think the importance of it being Jacken is, you know, I mean, wasn't he supposed to be manning the walls anyway? Like, if he wasn't involved in freeing the men, he may have been killed if yeah. Roose Bolton did it. You know, if, if Roose Bolton had done what he was supposed to do, uh, there may not have been a happy ending for Arya or for any of them. Like, at least now, when they're leaving, Arya has the prestige... Uh, Rorge and Biter uh, are both, you know, the men who helped the men escape. They're recognizable. They have this power. And so by doing what he did, Jack and Hygar really leaves everybody else in a pretty good position. They have the respect of all the men they've freed. Um, and I, I just answer, you know, with my opinion, I really don't think he knew that that was what was happening. I, I think he was genuinely um, reluctant to assist her. And it was only when you know, his, his own, uh, will to live kicked in and he didn't want to die, um, because he would have killed himself. I think he said as much too, that he would really kill anybody, but he prefers to live. And so then he was able to help her. Um, I don't know. I just like it at the end when Arya's like, okay, I unname you. Can I still name somebody? And he's like, a girl is greedy. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he wipes, he wipes the blood. Like even during the battle, he goes up to her and wipes some blood on her. And it's just mm-hmm. like, this is your doing. You should have blood on you. And then walks back and continues the fighting. So I, I this relationship between him and her, I hope it never ends, but um, it's sad that it's it kind of ends in a parting. Um, but I hope that they see each other again in the future. I hope well, so. Well, he too. did offer her the uh, opportunity, just like in the show, to go travel with her and learn just how to be a person that can change his face without even turning away like he does in the show. So mm-hmm. she says no and decides to stick with it because she's got to go home. She's got to go back to Winterfell and see what's going on with her family. Well, she is still like so tactical, though. As soon as he does that, she's like, How did you do that? Second follow up question uh, Was it hard? <laughs> because she sees the value in it. She's like, immediately, I think she's applying it to herself. She's like, how did you do that? Yeah, was exactly. it difficult to learn? How is she going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. How course. is she going to do it? Well, you just did that. Can I do it? You know, it's it's like uh, she's the eager student there where she just really sees the value in what he has just done. And, and he, you know, to answer her, he says, well, I, he thinks it's not so much more difficult than changing a name if mm. you've been drained. 
And and he says that because he knows that she's already changed her name. So he's, he's like, I don't think he's shining her on. I think he's just interesting her. In and he's saying, you've already changed your name a couple times. So I don't think it's that much more difficult than what you've already done. You just need to be shown how. And if it weren't for the fact that she wants to get to Winterfell, man, she'd be on the fast track to being the next Jack and Hagar right then mm. and there. I think they have enough of a, uh, I think she has enough of a rapport with him. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like sad to see this, this parting. Um, because it's, it's just when it heats up so much, you know, this man changed his face. Like you said, Zach, without turning away, he's all, and his hair just, you know, is different all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. This is the, I think the biggest like face full of magic of something <laughs> that is obviously more than what it seems happening to us in the book. You know, we've obviously seen the shadow being born, but you know, this is happening to Arya, a kid. So it's, uh, it's cool. It's good to see more of this happening. His eyes go closer together. His nose grow longer. His hair turns from red and gray to short black curls. It's unbelievable. He's a di totally different man. And that was the thing of it is that Jack and Hagar is dead after all. She unnames him, but he's like, eh, still best be safe. Better kill Jack and Hagar. And he, he turns into somebody else. Um, So I don't know, you know, kind of what to set in store by this coin. It's very interesting, the dynamics of this coin, the instructions that he gives her. Essentially, um, which is, and involves an incantation um, and this gold coin. And, and she's like, well, can I buy horses with this? Uh, and she, he, he's like, it's not that sort of coin. And she says, what good is it? So hopefully it reaps some reward for her. Down the line, yeah. Because I think that's the, one of these things is setting. If she had taken like the, tra the his like going with him straight away, that would have just been like, okay, one more journey for Arya. But now... We have this coin. We know she's going to use it at some point, and it's just one more like ticking clock that we're going to wait for her to use it and save Valar. Yeah, it's much more suspenseful this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and she just adds the incantation, which is Valar Margulis. I was like, that should be no problem for her to remember, since she has this incantation of like a hundred names that she lists every <laughs> night. Anyway, just add it to that. And the next sentence yeah. was, you know, she just added it to that when she goes to bed, and I'm like, yeah, yep, Valar there you Margulis. go. Yeah. There is something very interesting. I thought. Uh, that Arya considers right before, um, right before he shows up, I think with her too, she's uh, kind of thinking about what kind of magic he could be using. And she considers that Rorge and Biter are in fact demons that were conjured up from hell by, um, Jake and Hagar. I believe it. And she's, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And then she's like, she's surprised when he leaves and they remain at Harrenhal. But, but she also points out that Yorin was smart enough to keep this one, Jaken, and then Biter and Rorge in chains. So she says he, he must have somehow known what he did. And in fact, now I want to know what did Jaken Hagar do? Um, you know, to land himself in that cell in King's Landing. It just, Opens up a world oh, of possibility. No. And what fact, was he doing in King's yeah, Landing? The fact that he says he has business to attend to, that he's just been kind of hanging around Winterfell, or sorry, hanging around Harrenhal with no apparent purpose. And then, you know, once he fulfills his debt, he's just like, hey, I'm out of here. I have stuff to do. Um, just like you do. Is like, what's he going to do? I'm so excited for this character. It's a lot like Gandalf. Mm. Ooh, mm. I like this. Until my task is so done. So it's like Jack and now before he was Jack in the gray, now he's Jack in the white. Exactly. Except now he's a different color. <laughs> Jack in the, like the, the curly haired brown. guy. Mr. Curls. Mr. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Curls. I think our most appropriate transition into owns for this chapter and this episode would have to be a mention and a slight head nod. 
at the very end of the chapter when the bear pit was discussed. <laughs> yes. And we all know that at the beginning of the chapter, obviously I say we all know, the four of us that read it, um, lots and lots of animals were being brought in in addition to these men. And with those animals was a bear. And I was a like, big hmm, black bear. is that bear? I mean, like, surely there's not more than one bear. So I was just wondering and thinking. <laughs> and then at the very end of this chapter, uh, they throw Sir Emery Lorch into the bear pit with the black bear the same black color as Yorin, Arya notes, and I think to myself, this is really uh, poetic justice. He's dying. But more in my mind, I was thinking, we finally have found the bear. So that's the proper There's way to the bear. transition. There's the bear. Crossed off the list. Yeah. So we found the bear. That's another thing I've been waiting for. Now we need the uh, maiden fair to join him. Indeed. Um, is, Are you talking about me? <laughs> was oh, that a speaking, hint speaking for me to fair, give my own? Selena. <laughs> Why don't you give your own? <laughs> I will just choose to take that as as fact <laughs> and give you my I would own. Take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, and my um my own goes to um Sir Gendry for the way he swung his uh whatever it was he was holding. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, he's um, a great blacksmith. Uh, he's a great blacksmith, that Gendry. And I think oh. um just you know, I mean Jack and sure he changed his face. That was pretty unworthy. Sure, Arya freed all those people, but let's face it, Gendry gets my own. He's a great blacksmith. Yeah, he's great, yeah. Black, great the best blacksmith. In the land. Yes. And and I I like I had to give it to Arya as well for that thing she said about her making him a new hat. <laughs> One with the what was the animal? The mule. The mule, the a mule. mule. Yeah. The ass. The donkey. <laughs> the ass. <laughs> ass hat. Eeyore, who was on our show a couple uh, episodes ago. Oh, Mike, don't talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But actually, my own goes to Jack, and I think this was mentioned briefly before, uh, where he says, A girl is greedy. Jack had touched (laughs) one of the dead guards and showed her his bloody fingers. Here is three, and there is four, and eight more lie dead below. The debt is paid. Yes. Mm -hmm. The debt is paid. Yeah, and she got. Yeah, that. she had to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, my own is, uh, it hurts to read because I haven't eaten in several hours, but I will read it anyway. It's from the book, as it would be, and it says she filched one away and ate it on her way out. And this was uh the tarts we were talking about. She ended up stealing one from Hot Pie anyway. It says it was stuffed with chopped nuts and fruit and cheese. The crust flaky and still warm from the oven. Eating Sir Amory's tart, eating Sir Amory's tart made Arya feel daring. Barefoot, shorefoot, lightfoot, she sang under her breath, "I am the ghost in Heron Hall." There's two owns there. She is the ghost in Heron Hall, a young little girl who would have known. And the second own goes to a mightily delicious treat that sounds like it's packed with breakfast calories. Mm-hmm. So that's good for you. I'm glad that people are eating well still. I agree. Yes, yes. Um, my own will also go to Jake and Hagar. Um, who actually appears to <laughs> have a great deal of stateliness about himself. He bows to Rebecca Glover, and uh, he says, This man has the honor to be Jake and Hagar, once of the free city of Lorath. So we get some backstory there, straight from the horse's mouth. This man's discourteous companions are named Rourge and Biter. He's apologizing for his companions. <laughs> a lord will know which is Biter. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, he just handles himself very well, very coolly in 
the scene of such death and destruction. So uh, the own goes to Jaken. I think Yay. it's safe to say that there's a lot to Jaken that we do not know yet. And it is meant to be mysterious. And we are meant to draw our own conclusions because that is what you do when you read books slowly and chapter by chapter. There's a lot of waiting and guessing. And we're glad that you guys are on this journey with us as we travel through a clash of kings. <laughs> kings are clashing and owns are coming our to owning. us via the interwebs. We have tweets uh, are tweeting. Account. Yes, we have a yes. Twitter account that we hope that you all know about by this point on in the show's history. It is twitter.com slash game of owns. Send us your owns via Twitter by just hitting at game of owns, typing that in onto your tweet and adding your own to the tail end of it. We have a photograph here from Pulisa, who writes into the show quite often, and she says, us homeowners have our quirky fantasy fiction humor. And I'm looking at a picture right now. It's the cover of Angie's List, a popular, I'm assuming, homeowner's magazine with a person that looks like a germ sitting on a throne of toilet paper and instead of swords, plumber's plungers. That is very geeky. Mm, I like that. I like it too. Uh, just if you guys did want a um, chapter update uh, for where we are, Arya's chapter that we have just read is 47 out of 70. We are um, 70% through the book now. Yeah, we're 23 chapters from the end, although that does include the appendix. And I don't know if we'll be doing a show on the appendix, but hey, maybe. You know what I think we need uh, to head into this weekend? And uh, Eric mentioned uh, Twitter, and uh, we'll, of course, talk a little bit more about the other ways you can contact us. But I, I think we all need to take a look together at a nice picture uh, that was posted on winnerscoming.net because nothing gets me in the spirit for a good weekend like a celebratory picture. Yeah, I look at this and I read what was written along the copy, the news copy, along with this photograph, and I'm almost afraid to read more because from what I see here, something important has happened. You don't want to be spoiled. I know. It's something to simmer on over the weekend mm -hmm. or to simmer on until season four comes to us. Well, that sure is a lot of men at the wall. I thought the wall was, uh, you know, hurting for men. Yeah, they have a few. They have enough for a group photo. <laughs> yeah, enough for at least yeah. a group photograph. Sam yeah. got his uh, got his camera out and he was like, "Guys, guys, gather up!" And it was it was cool. quite fun. Somebody in the please? bottom was owned by the darkness. He's kind of swallowed up by it. <laughs> He's like, "I'm in front. I rock. This is gonna be the best photo ever." <laughs> There's a sword in his head, Eric. If you look closely. Oh gosh, there is. <laughs> this is a released photo of behind the scenes of season four of a. A uh, pivotal moment. It's described as being pivotal scene in season four, and it was released by Neil Marshall, everybody's favorite ninth episode director. The possibilities are floating around in my skull. You have a whole weekend to ponder it. So I'm just pleased to see the wall is still behind them. <laughs> they could be in the middle of like a field and have it just be where the wall used to be. Yeah, the wall melted, guys. Spoiler alert. I'm telling you, that power that... Um, Ma that may I was going to say Mazerakum. Mm. Um, the power that uh, Mance Raider is looking at. To my fellow Unsullied who are as confused as the rest of us, we bid you adieu. And to the readers, I'm sure Mike and Selena have something nice to say. Keep your mouths shut, guys. We don't want we don't want to spoil anybody. <laughs> is this another red wedding? Do we think we, that there's you know another... the red wedding is past, so everyone's like we're safe now. We're safe now. No, you're never safe. You can never, you can never. But we'll be back Monday, we promise, and swear to you. Yes. We swear it. It's Danny time. My favorite time. <laughs> I'm Zach Louie. I'm Selena Wilkin. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. <laughs> Hi, Bye, guys. Everybody. Did I miss the episode?